0: Hey everybody, this episode was recorded in Memphis, Tennessee, July 23rd, 2019, at the Mascot Conference, where Jerry The King Lawler, who is a WWE Hall of Famer, spoke as the guest speaker at this conference, and he did a great job. I loved his speech. Afterwards, he handed out the Mascot Awards, and I was actually privileged enough to receive the 2018-2019 Mascot of the Year Award. Hey enjoy this. Thanks for listening. Welcome to another edition of Between the Fur. I'm your host Ken and it's Mascot Talk. Between the Fur I can't remember the first time that I had any equipment. I mean I really remember the first time that we interacted with a with a mascot. But uh, usually, the ones that I did before I started with uh, Eric and the Grizzlies, we, I had always done uh, interactions with baseball mascots, uh, mostly uh, in minor league uh, appearances, where they'd have me there on a wrestling night or something like that, you'd some autographs, that'd be part of the thing, you throw the first pitch, sign some autographs, and then about the seventh inning, you'd go down and do something with the mascot. And that usually involved clothesline or drop kick or something something crazy. I'll never forget one of the one of my favorite times was uh uh there was a there was a new pitcher on this on this team and he was from the Dominican Republic and uh, they said he was just he was just in the States and so um I had just I had come out on the field and I clotheslined the mascot and they had they had another guy dress up in the opposing team which was the same team as This picture was on they had another wrestler dressed up in one of their uniforms as like the third base coach and so when i close lined the mascot the third base coach comes over and gets in my face i didn't suplex him or (laughs) souffle i did did this little move called a pile driver which uh, i became famous for where you take the guy and you bend him over and you put his head between his head between your legs and you turn him upside down and then you jump up in the air and you land on, you drop him straight down on his head. And so I had this set up with the, uh, after the landing of the mascot, here's the third base coach, gets my face, I stick his head between my legs, I pick him up in the air, boom, and I drop him on his head and all the crowd goes wild. And I'll never forget looking out and the, the look on that guy's face, the pitcher's face, he is thinking,
1: what the hell am I gonna <laughs> say?
0: Is this what happens to us?" But anyway, it's a lot of fun, I've had, a, I've had a lot of interactions going all the way back to, and I, I told Eric this earlier, um, and, and for some of my stories, you've probably got to be born before 1975 or something like that. You won't know anything I'm talking about, but uh, one, of the, one of the most famous ones was one of the early famous mascots, uh, the San Diego Chicken. We brought him into Memphis and involved him in our wrestling, in our wrestling show with a guy named Andy Kaufman. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Anybody, remember, anybody remember the guy, a comedian named Andy Kaufman? Yeah, yeah. And Andy. of course. Does anybody not remember who Andy Kaufman is? Everybody else. I'm not going to raise my hand. But... <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. But that, so that I'm just going to bring it back. Andy Kaufman was a, say was a comedian. Uh, this was back in the, in the early 80s maybe 80. 82, 83, actually. Uh, there was a TV show on, and it was called Taxi. And it was the number one show on ABC, it was a top rated show in all of the nation. And Andy Kaufman played a little character on there uh, from from another country, and he was called Latka. And um, the, the, I mean, the show was a huge hit, and Andy Kaufman was a big star. And, uh, but the funny thing about Andy was he was known as a comedian, but he really wasn't a comedian. I remember after I met him, he told me, "I'm not. Don't call me a comedian. I hate to be called a comedian. I never told a joke in my life. I'm a performance artist." I said, "Okay." And, and he said, I, I, "I just I do things. And because of my the influence that I got from watching wrestling as a kid," he said. I used to watch this wrestler named Nature Boy Buddy Rogers, and I could tell watching him on TV that he was intentionally trying to make everybody hate him. But yet, he was still popular, and I liked him. He said, so that influenced me throughout my career, and instead of telling jokes, I wanted to get a different response from the audience. I wanted to make them uncomfortable. I wanted to make them wonder- Exactly what I was really doing, and that's why I called myself a performance artist. So the the funny thing was the way I got acquainted with the guy at the height of this uh, uh, at the height of the popularity of the TV show Taxi. Andy gets this wild, harebrained idea because he's so popular that he can sort of just do anything he wants to do. So he decided he wanted to live out his dream of being a bad guy wrestler because he had idolized this nature boy, Buddy Rogers. So Andy was not a real big guy. He weighed maybe 175 pounds or something like that. So he decided that he couldn't wrestle a man; that wouldn't be safe. So he started wrestling women, and he would he, started, he would go to night club and go to these nightclubs, and he would get had on this little goofy looking outfit, which was actually uh, uh, thermal underwear, a thermal underwear top. Some blue gym shorts and thermal underwear bottom and some sneakers. And that was his wrestling outfit. And he made this funny-looking little belt, and he called himself the intergender wrestling team. <laughs> and he only wrestled women, right? So this became a thing with it, so much so that he got on he got on a lot. He was on Saturday Night Live wrestling women. He was on the Mike Douglas show, Murph Griffin, all of these famous talk shows at the time, wrestling women. And it was just a weird thing because people would wonder, you know, what what is the guy doing? And he really took it serious. He would get women volunteer from the audience first. He'd go on the show, and he would start insulting women by saying, you know, uh, you know, oh, the kitchen. They're fine. You know, they can they can wash the dishes and scrub the babies and all that kind of stuff. But you know, you could have been a wrestling ring. And I never forget. He said there's uh, you know, nothing north of the neck but oatmeal for brains and that sort of thing you know? so he would insult the women so much that they would, some of them would want really to kick the guy's butt and then they would volunteer to come up and wrestle and so that's the way he would do his matches and, and, and he'd do a little bit about wrestling so much that he never got beat by any of the women and those matches were all completely legitimate so finally he, he's, he's done this so much and he's gotten a, a little bit of publicity from it he wants to, but he wasn't get right, getting the right response, to that he felt like, because the people were actually coming to see Andy do comedy or something like that, and all of a sudden you're watching him up there wrestling women out of the audience. So he approached the promoters in, uh, the, the, in New York City, and he was actually from Long Island. So he went to New York at the Live Wrestling, and this was a WWE show up there, and Vince McMahon Sr. was the promoter then. That's Vince McMahon, the guy that owns WWE now, it was his father. Well, he was the he was the promoter, and Andy Kaufman goes up and introduces himself and says, "I'm Andy Kaufman. i run the TV show Taxi." And he says, yeah, I know you. And he says, "Well, I would just I've been doing this thing where I wrestle women on TV and, and, and Saturday Night Live and everything, but I really want to wrestle." at at an actual wrestling show in front of a wrestling fans, and I want to get that response. That's what I just, you know, I haven't been able to get so far. And when I look back, fortunately for me, Vince McMahon said, "Well, Andy, I'm gonna tell you, our, our fans are so skeptical about our wrestling. Anyway, I'm just hesitant to involve an actor, an actual Hollywood actor, with our wrestlers because then I think they might." Confused and said this thing. well and all the wrestlers are actors, you know, and he said right, we try to protect the business So he turned Andy down Fortunately for me there was a guy that I knew there was a magazine um, a Writer in New York and he overheard the conversation and he went to Andy and said hey I have a friend named Jerry Lawler down in Memphis, Tennessee And they have their own promotion. They have big matches at the Mid-South Coliseum over here draw 10-11,000 people to the matches every every Monday night and he said, I think that, you know, he might be interested in letting you come down there, do that." So after the match, the, the Bill Actor was the guy's name, and he calls me on the phone. He said, um, "He said, hey, I, I'm going to give Andy Kaufman your number. You know who Andy Kaufman is? I said, of course I know Andy Kaufman. He said, well, he wants to come down to Memphis and wrestle. And uh, I, I said, are you serious? He said, yeah, I'm going to give him your number. So sure enough, the next day, Andy Kaufman calls me on the telephone. And you know, like I said, you got to understand, I'm, I'm just like, I'm kind of talking about like one of the biggest stars in Hollywood on the phone. So I said, yes, Andy, come down, and, and this, this will be great. So we, we build him up. we plug He comes to Memphis, comes to the Mid-South Coliseum. We, we, you know, we, he sent in an interview, he showed it on TV, where he insulted all the women and all this stuff. And so comes Monday night, 11,500 people show up at the Mid-South Coliseum, turned away, complete sellout with Andy Kaufman, big star coming to Memphis, the so we go out there, and, and uh, in time for his match, he walks out, he invites five women to uh, come down and challenge him. And he says, if any woman can beat me, and I'll give each one of three of us, if any woman can beat me, I'll give them $500. So all of a sudden, like, 50 women, <laughs> coming out of the crowd. they come out of the crowd right there on one. So we had to stand there and pick out five women before we wrestle, and and. Oh, Andy was strutting around the ring, you know, like this, trying to be the bad guy wrestler that he always envisioned and, and idolized as a kid growing up. So he wrestled all five of these women, and he beat them all. And he was—I mean, you know—he was real proud, and, and, and all this other. And it was like a, every match was a legit match. I mean, they were tough. But when he got to the when he got to the fifth woman, I mean, he pretty much dominated all the other, all the first four. When he got to the fifth one, I guess Andy was a little bit tired. And this was a little, it was a little short, stocky black lady, and I'll never forget it. His name was Foxy, Foxy Brown. So uh, we introduce her, and she gets up in the ring. They ring the bell, and Andy starts strutting across. And all of a sudden, Foxy Brown grabs Andy, coffee. She picks him up like a body slam, slams him down, and place the roof of the house. And goes crazy. Then the roof comes off. He starts crawling around the ring. She grabs him by his little boxer shorts as he's trying to get out of the ring, pulls his shorts off, and he's, he's, she's pulling back in the ring, and for about three, uh, well, two or three minutes, I mean, she was taking pillar to post, people <laughs> were going crazy. So, but finally, I think what happened, she just, she, I guess her nerves got her, water. she got caught in the mouth, she got tired, and we call it in wrestling, she just got blown up, and she was just winded and exhausted, and finally Andy turned her over, and pinned her, one, two, three, and, um, and so then that was it. But the people went crazy. So we go back to the dressing room afterwards. And uh, so I'm thinking, this was awesome. I mean, especially for me, it was a sellout, 11,500 people. We made big money that night. So I'm saying, Andy, I got a great idea. If you would come back next week, if you want to, this is what we call working a return. I said, if you, if you would come back next week, Andy, I said, I think I could take this young lady, this Foxy Brown. I'll take her on TV and I'll tell her that, I'll tell the people that I'm gonna show that she did so well against you, I'll show her a few holes and I'll be in her corner to coach her and I think that she'll be able to beat you. And then he went, yeah, that's a great idea. I'm He agreed to come back, so we go. We did exactly that. We go back on TV the, the following Saturday and I'm standing out there with this young this lady and I tell everybody, I'll show her just a few moves I think that she's going to be able to take Andy Kaufman, and Andy Kaufman comes out and says, this lawyer, he thinks he's a big shot, he's sticking his nose in my business, but I'll tell you what, I'm so confident that I will beat this Foxy Brown, that if she were to beat me, not only would I give her $500, I will marry her right in the middle of the ring. <laughs> And this just came off the top of his head, right? And so Foxy Brown says, "And this was all literally unrehearsed. It was crazy." I Foxy Brown says, "Well, I really need the five hundred dollars because my house burned down this week." <laughs> 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 she said, "But I wouldn't marry Andy Kaufman if he were the last man on earth." But so anyway, we had this big return match, and. Once again, eleven thousand five hundred people show up the following Monday. They go in the ring. I'm in I'm in Fox's corner. And really I didn't tell her anything other than just just try to stay calm. Don't because I said, what happened to you last time? You just got, you know, you just got nervous and everything. I said, stay calm. I think get his shoulders, get it down, get his shoulders down. So anyway, they had the match. She was doing really well again. Finally the same thing happens. She gets tired. Andy called me. And and turns her over, pins her, one, two, three, and everybody's disappointed. But Andy, being the bad guy wrestler again, instead of getting up and getting his hand raised, he stays down on top of me and gets, turns her over and just starts rubbing her face in the mat. I mean, literally, just, <laughs> right? And he's screaming at her, rubbing her face in the mat. And all of a sudden, now I'm standing here. I'm the big star wrestler in Memphis, and I'm in Foxy's Corner, and Andy's just, you know, he's just a just using her there, and everybody's looking at me going, come on, (laughs) King, what what are you going to do, you're going to let this guy do that, right, so I think, okay, well, I get in the ring, so I just, I just literally go over to Andy like this, and I I lift him up a little bit, he flies halfway across the (laughs) ring, falls over, and he gets up, and he looks at me and says, you can't put your hands on me. I'm a star, and I'm from Hollywood. I'm, uh, you can't touch me. I'll sue you. I'll, I'll sue you for everything you have. What's the matter with you? I, I, I didn't come here to wrestle a man. I, I'll sue you. And, and I'm just standing like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> so he gets out of the ring, and the against gets him, and he's screaming. He gets the microphone and tells how he's going to sue me and sue the whole promotion. And he says, I'll, I'll sue everybody in this coliseum. <laughs> and then he goes back to the back. And and we get everybody calmed down and then I I go back to the back and into into my dressing room and all of a sudden I knock on the door, I open the door and there's Andy, and he's like this, (laughs) (laughs) and he goes, how was that, (laughs) and I said, said, well, I said Andy, it was great, but I mean, he said, no, that was, that was so much fun. That was so awesome. It was just, oh, I just, I just, I can't tell you how much I appreciate that and how much fun I had. So now I'm thinking, two straight sellouts, and there's nothing more he can do with a woman, and how am I gonna get the grub off of this big Hollywood star? So I said, Andy, I got another idea. <laughs> I said, the thing with you and the women has about gone as far as it can go. What you need to do now is you need to have a match the man. And he was, oh, no, 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 I can't, I can't, the, the, the studio people, they get mad at me already for wrestling women, he said, I couldn't take a chance to get hurt or anything, That's I said, Andy, I promise you, you and I can have a match, and I promise you, you won't get hurt. He said, sure, I said, yeah, we can, we can make it a short match, and, and, and we'll just do something, but I guarantee you, just the fact that you're going to wrestle a man for the first time, it'll be, it'll be It'll be crazy. So he agreed to come back the next week. Man, here we go. Once again, twelve thousand people show up at the Coliseum. They're standing in line. Finally, the fire marshal says no more people can come in. And we get ready for the match. And this was another weird thing. Andy, before you he, he was kind of a weird duck. Before this match, <laughs> he had to meditate. He told the promoters of me that he had to meditate for one hour before his match. So we had to tell him, well, the match was probably gonna go on about 8 30. So at 7 30 you go into another room and meditate for an hour. So finally it comes time for our match, he's been back there meditating. We go out to the ring, all the people just I mean He he sent in some he sent in some really uh derogatory interviews about the people in Memphis, about the women in Memphis. He he sent one interview in where he said he said, you know I come, how you people talk down here in Memphis, Memphis, Tennessee, you know, he said, I, I want to try to, I want to try to uh, help you people out down here. He said, I'm going to, I'm going to try to improve your lives. Watch this. And he pulls out a bar of soap. He said, this, <laughs> this, boat <vote> is soap. <laughs> Not soap, it's soap. He said, what you do is you Take this bar of soap and you stick it under the faucet. You get it wet. You wash under your arms with it. You wash it, you wash the rest of your body, and then you people won't smell the way you do down here in Memphis. He did that, and then he said, "Oh yeah, one other thing." He reaches down, he pulls out a roll of toilet paper. Oh, <laughs> he says, "This is toilet." And he's doing this on television, right? This television interview. So the people, what they wanted I me mean, to kill Andy Kaufman. <laughs> so we get in the ring He doesn't, I mean, he's really he really legit is scared To get close to me, and I told him That, that the move that I just told you About, the pile driver, was an Illegal move in wrestling Because people had gotten their necks broken With it before, and so it was like An immediate disqualification And I told Andy You're not going to have to do anything I said, you just finally get a headlock on me And I will, I will pick you up in the air and drop you back on your back and then i'll pick you up and i'll give you one of these power drivers and the referee will ring the bell i'll get disqualified the people will be happy but you'll actually win the match he said oh yeah that sounds great so anyway that's what we did we walked he was scared and everything then finally i had to bend over and say come on get the free headlock he gets the headlock He gets it, holds it on a little bit, a little while until he gets all confident and everything. And I'm just there in the headlock and I hold my finger up like this. Okay, give him a minute. And the crowd just starts getting coming up and up and up. And so finally, I pick Andy up, up in the air like this, and I fall straight back with a suplex. (laughs) And Andy hits the back of his head because I guess he didn't know how to fuck his chin or anything. Anyway, Andy hits the back of his head on the mat. And he's knocked out. Okay. Now I uh, <laughs> I didn't know how bad he was knocked out. I didn't even realize he was, was knocked out. Tell me later he was knocked out. So anyway, I then I go over and I lift him and I'm thinking, oh my gosh, he's like a dead weight I'm not <laughs> him. I lift Andy up and I just stick his head between the leg. I pick him up, speed her up, boom, and drop him on his head with a pile driver. The place goes crazy. The referee says, ring the bell, you're disqualified. And so the people are just so happy that Andy Kaufman just got what he had coming to him. So the people were so happy that I thought, what can I, what can I do to top that? I'll give you one more. <laughs> so I, picked, I picked poor Andy up. I picked poor Andy up, and I give him the second pile Boom, right? And so he's laying there. People are going crazy there, high-fiving everybody. And so, you know, the, the, the uh, adulation lasted for maybe 10 minutes. And finally, it's time for Andy, but he's just laying emotionless, right? And so I tell the referee, I'll say, hey, I tell the referee, I said, okay. And the referee comes up, his name's Jerry Calhoun. I said, Jerry, go over and help Andy up and get him back to the dressing room. Hey, okay, okay. So he goes over and he's down with Andy Kaufman. He's talking. He comes back to me and he says, Andy says that he's an ambulance. I said, he's an ambulance. That's what he said. And so, now in the past, we had done some what we call angles. We had done something where somebody appeared to get hurt bad enough, and then, we were really trying to build something big. We'd done something where we brought in an ambulance, and carried the guy in an ambulance, and it cost about 250 bucks back in the day to have you know to call an ambulance. And so uh, I tell Jerry came I said, No, 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 no. We don't, we don't need an ambulance. Just, just go over and, and get him up. So Kevin goes and tries to get him up, and Andy won't get up. Comes back to me again. And he says, he's not getting up. He says he needs an ambulance. I said, no. I said, go over and tell him an ambulance costs $250. We're not going to pay for him. <laughs> I said, no, tell him an ambulance $250. And so Calvin goes back over and bends down. I see him talking again, I'm waving. And here comes Kevin to me and he says, he says he'll pay for the ambulance. <laughs> 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 okay, tell him to call a name. sure enough, it, we're standing there. He's like dead. In the, and he has his, he has his manager, has come from Hollywood. His manager's with him. His uh, partner, Fab is he's, he's in the ring with him and everything. And, uh, and his manager is George Shapiro, who is also, uh, I mean, he's. Uh, Seinfeld, his, his show. He managed. He managed Jerry Seinfeld. Managed Rodney Dangerfield. And he's in the ring with an uh, with, uh, ambulance. He's dead, like right. So they call an the ambulance. Sure enough, fifteen minutes later, the ambulance comes to the back door of the Coliseum. and Drives right up to the to the door um, of the ring. They put the big neck brace on him, like you guys said. <laughs> they put the neck brace on him, like he's got a broken neck. They put him in that ambulance and wheel him out. And I didn't hear another word until. The next morning, watching the news and <laughs> in the newspaper, Andy Kaufman is in the Methodist Hospital on Oak Park Avenue with his neck in traction and he stayed there for three days <laughs> and the people are coming, Hollywood people are coming, the reporters and everything, here's this big star from the taxi show, he's gotten his neck broken in a wrestling match in Memphis, Tennessee and he's there in traction. And they're all interviewing, and this made this made headlines all over the place. <clears throat> so, I uh, mean, it, it was like a big story. So, Andy gets out of the, gets out of the neck, or gets out of the hospital, goes back to Hollywood, and a short time later, uh, he, we we get back together, and he says, "I said Andy, when you come back to Memphis, I mean, you, you know, he's wearing a neck brace when he got out of the hospital. He wears his neck brace for like six months." <laughs> he, he, they, were, they were doing a hiatus of shooting the show of a taxi, and when he got ready to shoot to start doing the show, Andy, he, he demanded that they let him wear the neck brace on the show. And then, the, 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 Andy will right out of the show, he we can't, we can't wear the neck brace. So, But anyway, he wanted to wear the neck brace on the show, and so he calls me up. This is, I don't know, this has been a few months after the, after the first incident. And he says, hey, do you want to be on the David Letterman show? I said, want to be on the David Letterman show. I'm just, you know, here's our little local wrestling down here in Memphis, Tennessee, and this is David Letterman, the network show in New York City. I said, sure. And uh, he said, okay, well, I'm going to I'm gonna fly you up to New York next week, and we're going to be on the Letterman show. And so uh, this is like, oh my gosh, this is the biggest thing that ever happened in my career, you know, because like he said, this was, we were territorialized. We, it was impossible to get publicity outside of your territory and national publicity for wrestling. So anyway we go to New York, I we get called in to meet about what we're going to do on the show that night. They show the show, the show came on at like 11.30 at night, it taped at 5.30 in the afternoon but they met at 10.30 in the morning for a production meeting to go over what you were going to do on the show. So I get there, 10 o'clock, and I go in with this guy named Robert Morton, he was the producer of the show, and he says, Andy won't Andy won't be in the same room with you. So uh, I just already talked to Andy. I mean, Andy was he would he would just play this thing to the hill, right? So he told them, I can't be around this guy. I can't be in the same room with him. So they already told Andy what he wanted what he wanted to do. And the guy sits me down and he says, Here's what we're going to do. You guys are going to be on two segments. The first segment, Dave's going to show Andy's interviews that he sent into Memphis of you know insulting the women. And then he's going to show the clip of you pile driving Andy, and then he wants you to be a little bit antagonistic towards each other, not too much, but then then Dave's going to take a break. And then during the second segment, you will apologize, or Andy will apologize to you for making fun of wrestling, you apologize to Andy for uh, hurting his neck, and then Andy's going to get up and sing, what the world needs now is love, sweet love. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. <laughs> That's good. So I leave. I go back to my hotel. This was the days before cell phones, right? I go back to my hotel. My hotel phone rings and it's Andy. And he says, well, did they tell you what they want us to do? And I said, yeah. And he said, what do you think? And I said, well, I mean, yeah, it'll be funny. I said, but if we do that, if you and I go on and, and kiss and make up on network television, It'll be the end of us ever being able to do any more wrestling down in Memphis. You know, we have to make up, be friends. And everything. he said, "Yeah, you're right. That's what I was thinking." He sat there a minute and, went and then he said, "It's Andy." Right <laughs> 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 so he sits there a minute and he says, "I'll never forget the way he said it because we didn't really use these terms." But he said, I "Wonder what would happen if you just hauled off and slug me?" And I said, and "Andy." I said, "This is the, this is the late night with David Letterman. We, I can't do that." And I said, first of all, we're taping it at five thirty; they'll never show it." And I said, second of all, I'll get arrested, and I can't do that. I got to be back in Memphis tomorrow." You know? <laughs> and he said, "Yeah, you're right, but wouldn't that be great?" I said, "Yeah, but we can't do that." So anyway, comes down, get to the get to the oh gosh, the David Letterman Center whatever, whatever it was, Roosevelt Center there in New York City, and it's five five thirty, time for the show to start. So they comes for our segment, they called me out. Now I never even saw Andy anymore. He would not come in the in the green room or anything. So they called me out. I go out and meet Dave. That's the first time I even met Dave. You didn't get to see him before Andy either. So I Dave, I sit down in the chair, and then they call out Andy. And he comes out and he sits down in his chair. And uh, so the first part, the first segment, they show the interviews, they show the clip of me pile driving and Andy. We talked back and forth a little bit, and and we got a little bit antagonistic, so Dave did did, did, did just one. I guess the reason they said be a little antagonistic because Dave had hidden underneath his desk a wrestling ring bell. And so when Dan and I were sort of getting a little antagonistic, all of a sudden I see Dave reach over with his foot, and all of a sudden this bell goes ding, 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 <laughs> ding. And so that was that was their skit that they had made for to to go to a break, right? So he rings the bell, calms us down, go to the break. As soon as we go to the break, Andy gets up and he walks off. He wouldn't even sit there next to me, right? And so uh, so during the break, look, David Letterman looks over me, and I'm thinking, oh my gosh, I'm sitting with David Letterman, He looks over me and says. I used to do ring announcing for Dick the Bruiser up, and in the Indianapolis. <laughs> <laughs> I said, "Really, cool." I said, all right. So then the time to come, to he Andy back in. He sits down, second segment. We start talking again, and he's he's just like really calls, calls me a Redneck, and a Yankee, or uh, the, I thought he was a Yankee and all this kind of stuff. I wouldn't apologize to him, so he never apologized to me, and I was waiting for him to apologize. I never apologized to him and the like, segment kept going and going and finally i think dave said well this is this has gone off the rails here this is not going right right so he says all right guys um i, I guess i uh, we're going to take another break and get this all sorted out now i knew in my mind second break we're done we're out of there right we only are in two seconds so he said right, we're going to take another break and paul schaefer started playing the music and I swear, when I watch this back a thousand times on YouTube and and, 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 uh, and seen the clip a million times, I don't even know what I was thinking. It's like <laughs> watching an out-of-body experience when I'm watching now. I don't remember what I was thinking, but when Paul Shaver started playing the music, I stood up out of my chair, I looked Andy right in the eyes, and I just hauled off and slapped the taste buds. I slapped him as hard as I could. BAM! Knocked him out of his chair. His feet went up in the air. I flipped him right over the, uh, out of the chair onto the floor. And I just looked, and I looked over at Dave. And Dave was like, <laughs> I mean, we were, we were right there. Dave wouldn't even look at us. He's just like, straight in. But like, he couldn't believe what happened, right? So all of a sudden, Andy's laying there. And the music stops. And a security guard, the security guard comes and and gets me and and takes me off the set, and this it just was like pandemonium. They took me back to the green room. Funny thing, when I went back to the green room, it had cleared out. There was
1: <laughs> nobody else in the green room, right?
0: So I go in there and I sit down there by myself, and, and I'm sitting there for like 15 minutes, and I can hear people. I mean, just like. A, Something crazy. He's like women were screaming and stuff. God damn, gosh, they're making too big a tube, deal like this, right? And here Andy screaming and stuff. So then finally, 15 minutes goes by, and all of a sudden the door peeks open a little bit, and there's this young guy, this little intern, and he goes, uh, "Mr. Waller? I said, "Yeah." He said, well, "Dave wants to know if you want to come back down and sort of wrap this thing up." And I said, "Sure, I'll do whatever." So right, I'm thinking, now wait a minute. They're gonna have me back out there. They may be gonna show this, right? So I, I go back out. I walk through the curtain again, and all of a sudden there were 750 people in the audience. And when I walked through the curtain the second time, all of a sudden they turned into a wrestling crowd. They all start booing me, right? Just like these the bad guy restaurant. I walked out, it's like ooh. And I go in. I sit down next to Dave, and he's still he's he's all confused. And Andy's over off the off the side of the set over there, and he's holding the side of his head. And Dave says. Andy, you want to come back out here? And they're like, oh, 10, 9, 8. He said, you want to come back out here, Andy? And Andy says, no. If I come out there, I'll say words you can't use on TV. And so it's like two, one them, and Dave comes on. He says, well, uh, I'm here, and uh, Jerry Lawler's here, and Andy Kaufman's here. And some nights I wish Tom Snyder were still here, because <laughs> that's good to show you. Dave, Dave had just taken over for Tom Snyder. He said, but no, that's not the case tonight. He said, Jerry... I really want to thank you for being here and I and he reaches out to shake hands and all of a sudden over shoulder here comes Andy right? do you have that do you have the my phone here if, if you guys want you can go, go on YouTube and just look in Jerry Lauder Andy Kaufman I don't know if this will work but I want because I don't want to say what Andy said uh, maybe, maybe there's the there's the uncut version of <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry to use those words on television. I apologize. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I hear you. <laughs> 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 and at that point, he grabs Dave's coffee, and tries to throw it at me, and I jump up, and the security guy comes back in, and uh, and and if you can hear Dave's comment, listen. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, uh, I think you can use some of those words on TV, I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> but what you can't do is throw coffee. <laughs> <laughs> what you can't do is throw coffee. But anyway, so the, 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 the security guy takes me out. Andy's done this big you know, swearing tirade, and I'm thinking, well, that's it. Well, first of all, when he first starts coming, at, coming over to Dave's shoulder, and he starts with all these obscenities, I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, Andy, you know they're going to show the slap, but there's no way they're going to be able to show this, the stuff that you're doing here now with this language and everything. So I'm trying with my body language and it's like, oh, you know, what are you doing? So anyway, that's when he threw the coffee and I jumped up and I took him out. And the security guard comes and gets me and takes me straight to the elevator. He said, Mr. Baller, I want to get you out of here. And I'm thinking, what well, he's going to arrest me or something, right? And he says, I want to get you out of the building because that Kaufman's elevator don't go all the way to the top floor <laughs> he's going to probably have you arrested. So this guy takes me out, takes me downstairs. I go back to my hotel. I wait until no- I didn't hear a word from Andy. I didn't hear a word from anybody. 1130 that night, I turn on the TV. There was. They showed every bit of it, even the every bit they showed the slap. They showed Andy coming in. The only thing they did, which made it even more effective, was whenever he was swearing, they instead of beating it out, they put in a sound effect of like a cuckoo he was going cuckoo, 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 cuckoo. So he says, "You're no good, cuckoo." It was, it was. It was classic, and it was the craziest thing it blew completely up it was uh, all over the newspapers the next day I'm, I'm getting I'm getting an interview from the New York Times I called Andy Kaufman a wimp and, and somebody said I guarantee that it's the first time that ever used the word wimp in the New York Times and so it just it just got uh, uh, it was turned out to be probably the most famous thing that I was ever involved in in wrestling and um, uh, Andy kept coming back to Memphis we drew sellout after sellout with him. He would come back. He would um, he would try different things. We had him in different kind of matches. He did boxing matches. He brought in, he paid to have other wrestlers come in to try to hospitalize me. That's where one time he brought in Jesse the Body Ventura, and he was going to be in Jesse's corner. So I brought in the San Diego Chicken to be <laughs> in my corner to, 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 to offset Andy. And so we, we just did all sorts of things until uh, unfortunately he was on my he was on the Saturday morning show. It was one morning that he was sitting there and. Uh, We were doing this little interview where I had him on camera, and it was right around Thanksgiving. And we were going to put his head on on the body of a turkey on on camera, on this graphic. And he was sitting there saying, let me tell you something, Lord. If you put my head on that turkey body, I will sue you. (coughs) I (coughs) I will sue everybody here in this town. And so after the interview was over, I went back in the back with him, and he said, I apologize for coughing and everything on the interview. But he said, "I just got diagnosed with lung cancer." Cool. And I said, "That's a good one, Andy." But I don't think I don't think that'll I don't think that's a good a, a good rib, you know. I thought I really thought he was joking, but sure enough, he he, he had uh, just been diagnosed with cancer, and it was like some kind of crazy form of. Uh, and funny thing, he didn't smoke. He didn't drink. Uh, he, you know, just a really. Uh, Health and fitness sort of guy. It was just some kind of cancer that spread all over his, into his brain and over real quickly, and he lasted about six months, and then he passed away. Oh. But anyway, David Letterman told me later. We, then in 1999, we made the movie about uh, about Andy called The um, Man of the Moon with Jim Carrey playing Andy Kaufman. And if you had another two hours, I can tell you the story about Jim Carrey and me slapping him. Because he was a bigger jerk than Andy Kaufman was. But anyway, <laughs> um, I've taken up a long time, but he just wanted me to talk and stuff. And uh, thank you all for having me here. Good luck, you guys.